All right, welcome back to our second episode, Inciting Incident. Tonight we're going to talk about Barbarian. We saw that movie yesterday in cinemas. We actually had a good time this time. The film was fucking amazing. And before we talk about it any longer, let me introduce my co-hosts, Alex. Hello. And Vili. Hey, how's it going? All right, fantastic. So, yeah, as I said, this was actually a very good film. Probably the best film we've seen for um, for this podcast. Um, yeah, I fucking loved it. So, what do you guys think, Billy? Do you wanna do you wanna say something about it? Yeah. So, just before we continue, two things. Shout out to Luke for the music. Uh, number two, right. obviously, spoilers in this conversation. So, if you haven't seen the film and you want to, probably best to stop it right now. It's still in cinemas. So you can still catch it. Yeah. But uh, I agree with Pedro. I really enjoyed this one. What about you, Alex? I also enjoyed it quite a lot this structure the cinematography and we will talk about it in more details a little bit later mm -hmm. so what you guys like rate this movie how much Just would like give it? out of 10 i would give this one an eight I, I said this as we were leaving the cinema but i think an eight is a good like a good grade for this film you know what i mean you really i'll give it a 7.75 yeah i think mine is like seven Point five. So he like actually that. got a very good like. Yeah. Do, 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 type no, it's very. Uh, we yeah. all agree, like almost exactly. So he actually averaged out to seven point seven five. Yeah, um, I I deducted points for a couple of scenes and for sound. Yeah, the sound. the sound was a little bit weird. Yeah, the cave scene, sound doesn't yeah. travel like this in caves. No, no Alex echo. and I were talking about that. It was yeah, no echo. It glanced like isolated and Th stuff. they so were they were just you? in the room basically yeah. it sounded like they were in the room not in a cave so do you guys just go see star wars and say i fucking loved it but also there's no explosions in space so i give it two stars no no bro, no <laughs> <laughs> you're not thinking about it so like there are some things that kind of kind of like pulls you out of the experience yeah that's one of them and the other one that i'm gonna say is the scene with the 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 film director or the guy who owns the place is driving in his fucking convertible mm. you can see his hair Ruffling in the wind, you hear no wind in the scene. He's not even oh, shouting. Yeah. He's speaking at a regular tone. So, like, that kind of shit just makes me, like, what the fuck is this? That's very interesting because we were just doing sound design in class. And I feel like if we'd done that yesterday, right before the film, I might have had, like, a slightly different perspective on it. But for me, I, I didn't have any issues with the sound. I thought the film sounded absolutely perfect. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I guess, yeah, I guess you can be wrong this way. I do think... Yeah. <laughs> Just on like a technical level, it must be very difficult to mix a horror film because every time you have a jump scare, you're forced to just like crank it up and go like, ah. Mm. But yeah, honestly, true. I don't think there was a lot of jump scares. There was. I, I, the, for me, it was only one and it wasn't even a monster that scared yeah. me. It was the guy. The Whoa, which one? It, it, in, oh. in the first half. When he's crawling you in the remember? tunnel. You remember? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. In the end of the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th that's Alex. the only point I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. you didn't see Alex <laughs> jump up and hit his head on the ceiling? Yeah, even some Looney Tunes shit. How would you rate this film on like a level of scariness? Do you think it was a scary picture? Or no? no, I don't think it was that scary. Would I you, think. Sorry, yeah. would you take your girlfriend to see this movie on definitely. a level of scariness? Definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in a in a like a sadistic way, or in like a, let's go on a cute date type. No, way. no, no, like cute date type thing. Because I I think this film is a perfect. Wait, wait, let me explain myself, guys. <laughs> I think this film All is right. like a good combination of scary and funny. 
There were some very funny scenes in this film. I agree. Oh. Everything involving the the film guy, the guy, uh, the guy who comes in in the second half, was actually hilarious. His character wasn't, you know, a good person, but he was very funny on screen. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. I think my my opinion will now be controversial, but the funniest thing for me was the scene at the bar when he was oh, telling right. his friend <laughs> the story. You're right. That is controversial. <laughs> That is very controversial, Alex, and uh, let's cut this part out of the podcast. Yeah, we're not going to include this bit. Wait. <laughs> it uh, was, no. No, we're joking. Yeah, go the ahead. Way, explain yourself. The way he, he was saying that, I was like, because I understand that this is happen, happening in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys who rape, they explain themselves like this. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I think it is a very accurate portrayal of like people who are in denial about doing these horrible things. Yeah, you because know I mean? he was in denial through the whole film, and um, like when he was saved, basically, yeah. he was kind of uh, in retribution for a s- short period of time. But by the end, we saw that he yeah. he was still a piece of shit. Do you think uh, this film has gotten a lot of really good reviews around the world? Do you think it's because of how they handle the character like that? Because I don't think I've seen, like, past the Me Too movement, I don't think I've seen a single one of these characters on screen portrayed in quite the sense where they, like, dare to sort of... So for anyone who hasn't seen the movie and is still listening to this podcast, this guy essentially has sexually harassed a colleague. A colleague, how do you say that? A colleague, yeah. Yeah, a colleague on a workplace. And uh, she has filed a report on him and he gets fired his entire career, essentially gets destroyed and the film paints him as a sort of sympathetic character for like almost an hour just like puts him in these like really bad situations you kind of feel for this guy like yeah uh, like i know you did a bad thing but also it's kind of uh, and it's it's very risky they do like come out on like the politically correct side at the end but they do play with that ball quite a bit i just wanted to get your thoughts on that honestly i was believing him until this the bar scene. I was thinking like mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's like um, misunderstanding or something like that, right. which happens. But after this scene, I was like, nah, you're a piece of shit yeah. and you will die. <laughs> I Yeah. Here's the thing. Like when they introduced that aspect of the film, I immediately I was thinking, you know, this guy definitely did it. Um, but I didn't expect them to handle his character. So I thought it was going to be less nuanced. I thought it would be a lot more, you know, just focusing on him being this giant piece of shit but as Billy said they kind of place him in a sympathetic position um they don't place him in a sympathetic position i i disagree with uh, him being sympathetic from the start i think once he's in the situation where he has to help our other protagonist escape the like uh, the dungeon mm. underneath the house then he's a little bit more sympathetic but until there until then, excuse me, we can actually see him being a piece of shit. You know, he's talking to his friend, like he's calling him like, you know, the F slur and shit. He's, um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's I, like, I've what's got... up? And then, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's not a, he's not a nice guy, but he's put in the protagonist as a protagonist of the film. You know, we kind of have to root for him, even though we don't want to root for him. And that's kind of like rewarded at the end when you know he fucking dies like it turns out he was a piece of shit throughout the film we weren't actually like sympathizing with a rapist we were just going along for the right kind of yeah we were supporting the actions that he was taking in the moment not necessarily his character and talking about oh billy you wanted to say something about the character talking about the introduction of the character Mm. the change in the mood in the middle oh my god that's just open that up for a little bit. Again, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, I don't think it's going to be in theaters for a very long time, so it's 
by the time you're listening to this, a good chance you haven't seen it. Maybe you popped it from Netflix or whatnot. But essentially, this film is like... Uh, so the premise of the film is that this woman rents an Airbnb from Detroit. She has a job interview. She goes over there for the weekend. But when she arrives at the house, there's someone else already waiting for her there. Uh, and it appears to be a double booking. And from the beginning, you think that this film, like the guy who's already at the house, is like a serial killer or something. I was absolutely convinced of that. Yeah, Especially after the... Uh, coincidence that he is the like um, the music person, the, the, yeah, the music yeah, thing, so and then she she was the she was going to do a a job in documentary yeah. about so this thing. Essentially, we get forty minutes of one movie, and then it just cuts, and it's forty minutes of a completely different movie. It moves all the way across the United States. We suddenly pick up in Los Angeles, and mm -hmm. we're dealing with this actor, and he has to go back to Detroit. Producer. Yeah, to uh, yeah. he has to go back to Detroit to sell some houses so that he can fund his legal cases or whatnot. Very interesting. I I didn't know what to make of that yesterday. I kind of have feelings about that now, but before yeah. I share that, I just wanted to ask. No, dude, I 100% get it. Um, I think me and Alex were talking about it uh, after the film. The way that they did that was phenomenal because it kind of like instilled this fear like, oh shit, what's happening to the girl? Like what's happening to, to the other main character? We have all this time, because like the, the last thing we see from her is her kind of like getting abducted um, or like getting in this very difficult situation. Like she's trapped in the house. And then we cut to another character who's going to the house. So we have a lot of empty space between seeing her and uh, the point that he enters the house again. We have over 30 minutes, actually. Yeah, for real. It's so, crazy. Like, you, you see, it's, it's the power of not showing, basically. Like, it lets our imagination run loose. But it's also, it runs a huge, huge Campbell because you leave it on such a high point. Like, essentially, the first story ends with this woman discovering that it's not actually the man who's staying at the house who's her enemy. It's actually this, like, crazy monster that lives in the basement underneath the house. And then the monster attacks her, and it's, like, literally about to hit her, and he cuts a black, and he yeah. go over there. You just really risk. I remember on uh, Stranger Things a couple of seasons ago, they had that, like, climactic sort of, like, fight was about to begin, and then it's just a totally random episode in the middle. You, like, break your flow entirely. You've spent 40 minutes building this almost miraculous story. You're like, this is perfect, like, wonderful. What the fuck is going to happen? And then you just scrap all of that, and you go somewhere else. Mm. I don't... I, don't, uh, I, I get what you're saying, but, for example, f I love first part. Yeah. Because it, it keeps you intention through the whole part from the whole beginning when she you think that this guy is the killer basically and you think that, that he's a killer till the very end of the first part yeah. because when he says it says to her like let's go this way i was like now you you're wanting to kill her or something yeah. like that yes absolutely <laughs> perfect well, casting by the way bill skarsgård fucking yeah. looks creepy as hell already so i know represent the vikings bro like all the scores card <laughs> kind of looks like you bro <laughs> yeah. yeah i i said i uh, said it to you his his voice is kind of like similar to bill yeah <laughs> bro my girlfriend keeps saying the same thing this guy is just like you actually she said i look like the clown from it i don't know if that qualifies god <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's good to feel represented. Tall white dudes in films, we go, you know. But get it, boys. Yeah, I no said it to Pedro. Uh, I said it to Pedro. I loved the transition. The forty minutes that they showed about the girl, it was enough for me to care for her, mm -hmm. and I was surprised for that because uh, I was like, they didn't uh, like give us much about mm. her. They just showed that she's like kind of nice. But also, good, good do, you, girl. Oh. do you not think just 
sorry for interrupting, but like when you're writing a screenplay, it's usually your first act is the easiest thing. It's just put your character in a place. 2A is quite easy, but uh, when you get to like your midpoint, the middle of your story, essentially, you have kept people sitting at their chairs for one hour and it's very difficult to keep them there for another hour. So you yeah. have to go ham. You have to like really exemplify everything, do everything faster, do everything better. We're, all three of us, we've studied the theory of this. The scenes actually physically get shorter on the second half of the story uh -huh. just so people feel like the story is moving somewhere. So I feel like it's kind of like kind of like cheating in a way to not do that and just say, I'm going to do something entirely else. And then at the end, you sort of get the illusion of, oh, they had a plan. But to me, it just feels like you were going in a very good direction. Why didn't you just continue? Why did you have to do this? I like the B story. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be there. Mm. I see what you're saying. I don't think I agree 100%. I think this is one of those cases of cheating that is less like actually cheating and is more just being, well, I'd say like being kind how of would like you say creative, it, like outside the box. Yeah, unorthodox. Yeah, uh, this unorthodox. is unorthodox, definitely. But how would you say it like, do you think it really like somehow channels or exemplifies the themes of the film? Do you like look back on the film and say, this film would have only worked with two stories instead of one story? I don't think so. But it doesn't, but like many movies work with two with just one story but a second story makes it better you know what i mean yeah so like i think i think we're i personally think we're living in a very like sort of limited when people watch i think <coughs> sorry about that i personally believe you know how people are binge watching netflix now yeah i think people have the mentality to watch an episode and then watch a totally different episode kind of like black mirror and shit like oh. that so they go okay. to the movies and they can handle this but i feel like in two years you will not be able to do this anymore because people are going to come to the films if they're still going to the films to look for a cohesive story rather than one part and then two part i think this has literally hit the absolute peak where a story like this is brilliant instead of lazy but mm. I do think That's very fi five years before or five years after, and I think it would be viewed the same. Yeah. Honestly, I, I kind of agree with you. My, my friend was doing his dissertation in Sussex right. uh, about kind of this thing that the cinematography is kind of trying to remake itself. And this is a good point that by using two-part stories, basically, what happened they cheated their way to the the new generation basically yeah. because it's like two ep different episodes about one story exactly yeah that's true it's it does like feel like two and episodes of the same like plot you know that's, that's why i feel like i feel like it doesn't take it obviously i'm not going to talk down on another filmmaker and say it doesn't take talent not getting any film made and getting it made as well as barbarian was is mm -hmm. very very difficult but also i do not feel like you could call that like a film film in the same no, sense but, uh, for example, maybe I'm wrong, but this is the first film that kind of did this kind this of thing. This is the first time I and, see it as well. And yeah. did it good. Maybe yeah. there is, but I haven't heard about them. Yeah, a couple of films like that have been made. One that immediately comes to mind is, uh, have you guys seen Waves? Waves? No. A very good movie. Uh, structurally very similar. So it's two equal halves. Mm. And it's a story about this guy and he's a professional wrestler. He's a college kid, essentially, but he's, like, getting really into wrestling, and his girlfriend gets pregnant, and he's, uh, he breaks, like, one of his joints or something so he can't wrestle anymore. Essentially, yeah, his sure. entire life just falls apart. And then at the end of that, he kills her. And then the second half is his sister, who we've seen in one random scene at the first half, and it's, like, the impact of her brother being this known murderer has had on her. That's not a very dis good description of the film, but I remember watching that film. That's a very long film as well. Wait, it's like is, it, is it... Um, but 
from your description, I think this is more of an anthology than mm, the it, same story. Uh, but that's because it's an anthology. No, it's not an anthology. And I this is my point about uh, Barbarian as well, that there's really nothing to justify that. Like, if you're telling one story, tell one story. Well, I, I don't know about that. I think, okay, look. Wait. Think, think wait, wait. W- would me, it be uh, better for you if they do basically the cross-cut? For example, showing her and his story. Because it will be changing the mood. Yeah. They 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 had his character because he needed to be in the end for the for sh- for the ending. Basically. I was gonna yeah. say though, I think there is a, a legitimate thematic connection between his story and her story. The juxtaposition, you, yeah, you yeah, may no, say no, no. so. The just, yeah, they, their story juxtaposes well. There's big words because, on the podcast, but uh, let's hear it. <laughs> because he is a rapist. She is fighting the product of a rapist. So if we hadn't we haven't explained this yet, but the the monster that they're stuck with is um, basically like a product of incest many times over, because I think it was like fifty years before the main story happens, okay. there was a guy who owned the house and he used to kidnap women, rape them, have children with them, rape the children, and keep going. So the guy's dying in the basement. He's like ninety do or something. He's oh, like a hundred. He's old. Yeah, he's like yeah. old as hell. Yeah. Really, really old. And uh, you have this uh, monster running around, which is basically somebody, you know, who has been uh, sexually assaulted. And, um, and yeah, like so many, so many generations of sexually assault that you have like this kind of like incest monster. You know, she's super strong, she's super big, super fast. And you having a woman having to, you know, rely on a rapist to get rid of the or or excuse me to to surpass this this product of rape does provide a thematic connection you know what i mean yeah doesn't make the story necessary uh, doesn't make the story necessarily vital to her plot but it does connect um i i just remember some some movies that kind of did the atlas the cloud atlas is oh, i haven't seen that don't spoil yeah, it neither. no 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 for real? Shut up, I'm right, it's three hours long, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. But there is like this also stories. They don't interconnect mm. uh, story-wise, but thematically, yes. But the Cloud Atlas is also a hugely exceptional movie. I know the book. And I know it's a very... It's from the people who made The Matrix. Like, what more yeah. can you say? Seriously? It is from the people. It's the only movie that ma- they made after The Matrix. Oh, honestly? Damn. Honestly? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, just going back to back to barbarian, yeah, back, back to, to barbarian. barbarian, back to what Pedro was saying about the theme, because I kind of, yeah. I gotta say, I was searching for the theme when I was watching the movie, and at the final scene, what happens is this like the rapist guy and the main lady, they manage to escape this monster, and they run on top of this what do you call it, like a water tower, yeah, and he realizes that he can save himself if he throws her down, and the monster is gonna jump after her and like try to protect her and whatnot, and he does that, and you realize he's a complete dick, but then at the end. Uh, the monster is still alive after the fall. The monster has effectively killed like the main lady, and then he takes the guy and chokes him to death. Right. Mm. So it's a sort of it's a very complicated idea, but to I guess explain it in plain terms is she's like a visibly a monster, like clearly a monster in the story. But also this monster, who we who we as a society kind of perceive as a monster, still has the capacity to sincerely care and sacrifice for yeah. this like real person. Whereas this dude who's like We'd much rather, if you were in that cave, would yeah. you take the side of the monster or would you take the side of the rapist dude? Yeah. But then what the film is in the end saying that the rapist dude is still worse because the rapist dude, in the end, when it comes down to it, it doesn't have that sort of capacity. That's and a I, very good interpretation, yeah. I feel like it, it speaks to it because 
there's also a scene where she finally escapes from the basement and she runs to a couple of police officers and the police officers don't give a shit. Yeah. I feel like that is the societal perspective of them saying like, yeah, we know there's like fucked up people over here, but they're like fucked up. We don't care. But yeah. then to continue on your thought, the, the comparison continues from the police and the hobo guy. The yeah, homeless the, guy, the homeless man, yeah. the the homeless man who she at the beginning thought that is uh, like uh, also crazy, mm. wants to kill her. Yeah. He was in the beginning, yeah, yeah. So also the comparison between cops and the homeless guy, showing that even though he looks like a bad guy, he may be good inside. That's exactly true. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very, I feel like it's a, at the end it feels like it goes deep. It uh, it feels in the end to be a kind of surface level interpretation of that is literally just saying that even if people look bad they're necessarily not Honestly, bad Honestly, th this is this is continuous oh this is this theme started even with the house basically you can yes, see the exactly. houses run down like damaged mm. or broken and the only house who looks pretty is shit inside yeah that's the, a great yeah i believe that you know just because it's a, it's a pretty simple um uh, message is pretty simple interpretation doesn't mean that it's necessarily surface level the fact that we can draw these parallels between the presentation of the house and how it's actually rotten on the inside and compare it directly to our um, our other protagonist our male protagonist and how he is you know on an appearance <coughs> level more sympathetic than the monster but on the inside he is far more disgusting than the monster is uh, the monster quote-unquote is um makes it a pretty well thought out premise it doesn't make it like something that just kind of like surface like just i think you know. that, that extends even beyond that with the them setting it in detroit which is like the de facto like shithole town in the united states right now mm -hmm. and everyone has like fully discarded that town and yet there are people in there who are just yeah. real people and genuinely suffering and generally have something good in them but we've just like fully left them out of the loop i gotta say i didn't like think of it I thought of that on like a basic level when I saw the film on yesterday night. But now that we're talking about it, especially with the house parallel, I'm starting to appreciate it a bit more. I might up my grade from 7.75 to 7.8. We're going to get into Honestly, the end of the podcast. Uh, maybe I connect in the dose that there, the, that doesn't exist, but yeah. the, the guy that in the beginning, um, the film try, tries to convince us that he's a murderer or serial killer or stalker. Mm. but he's not by by the end we understand that so basically he's trying to show us uh, that mm, even though you think someone is something don't assume and wait because for example we assume that the second protagonist <laughs> of, of the second part is maybe good maybe bad but he's a piece of shit by the mm -hmm. end even though he looks like a normal guy. So the yeah. theme of the film in a sentence is appearances can be deceiving. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Damn. I, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. Just uh, if we had to briefly move on from the theme. Sorry, guys, by the way, about the wind. Uh, we have a window open over here. It's very yeah. stuffy in the we room. We can't figure out how to close it. Yeah. Billy said that it's stuffy, but he lied. We just can't figure out how to I'll close just it. I'll just be lying, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're too weak for that. It's yeah. late. We're sorry. But anyway. Yeah. Just to move on from the theme a little bit and just talk about the aesthetics of the film, because I feel like it's very good for that sort of analysis. One thing that I picked up immediately is when, so there's three essentially stories that we watch through. We watch the main lady, we watch the, I don't want to call him rapist, bro. What's his name? The, uh, the no main, one, no, we, no we can call him the, the filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. The filmmaker. Oh, the actor. He's an actor. Yeah. Is he an no, actor? No, he's, 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 he's an actor. He was producer. He's an actor. He was producer. He's an actor? 
I think he's he was an producer. He's an actor. Because he said he was from the beginning of creating this No, he pilot. was attached. He's an actor because it's in the news article that he's an actor. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, right. the, the whole movie, I thought he the was a producer. Yeah, the actor. Okay. No, yeah. he's an actor. Then, then the actor. Which is also feeds into the thematic parallel that he's very pretty on the outside. He's like an yeah. actor pretty. But oh. then at the inside, he's like mm. the nastiest. Anyway, anyway. The mask, basically. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, yeah. Uh, but I wanted to talk about just the actual technicalities of this film because there's some very interesting choices with sound as we tackled already, but also set design and most definitely cinematography. Yeah. yeah. The fact that we got three concurrent stories, or not concurrent, but three stories that we get to watch as Wait, the audience. Wait, uh, you didn't the say the third, third yes. Yeah, the, the third story, story is... Th so the of, third the, story, of the guy, the owner of the house. Yeah, so the original mm. owner and presumably builder of the house who was killing all these people over there. And when we're... And his point of view is a very wide lens. Oh. It's very inviting. And the hallway, when you look at the hallway in the house, all right, so there's a main long hallway and at the end of this is this like mysterious basement where all the nasty shit goes down. But when you look at it with the white lens, it feels infinitely longer. And then yeah. with the lady, it almost looks normal. And with the uh, actor guy, it's somewhere in the middle. Why do you guys think that is? Hmm. I, for, for the owner, original owner of the house, they, I think most of the shots were kind of uh, third person, you know, like a game perspective. Mm. The camera was always behind him, like following observing uh, yeah, yeah yeah like kind of detached from him kind of just yeah um do you also like how uh, he's the monster usually when you go on like a film and you're trying to really like sell that uh what's the when you're afraid of tiny places claustrophobia claustrophobia, yeah. claustrophobia and that like uh the horror of it you use a really like you don't show much with the lens you use a very tiny lens right but he's mm -hmm. objectively the worst person in this entire film, and they use the widest lens. So you can see if there's a monster coming down the street, you can see it from 50 meters away. Yeah. And the you, uh, oh, sorry, continue. No, do you, I was just going to ask, like, do you think that that plays into the same thematic thing as well? Like, he's, they're yeah. trying to sell him as our friend. And also the other thing that I noticed, m maybe it's m me imagining, but I think we almost don't see his face. Through mm. through his shots, it's only mo most of most of the time it's just his back, mm -hmm. and also other part is his like sh short story is the most colorful. Yeah, it is true. It it's so vibrant. It's almost yeah. childlike in the colors. Yeah. So it looks like an ad. But I was gonna say I have actually my interpretation of what you said about the different camera lenses. Um, yeah, the wide camera can be used to um, you know provide a sense of comfort but it can also be used to provide a sense of disconnection so it's not about tackling the issue of sexual assault it's about tackling what is left of a system that is built on sexual assault so you can see how the house can be a representation of the way that many industries operate sorry about the wind guys but it, it can the house can be seen as a metaphor for the way that many industries and many like societies operate built on sexual assault built on the oppression of women and um, and uh, this sense of disconnection that you built that you build with the camera is to signify how we are not trying to address the cause of it. Is trying to signify how these people in the present day are dealing with the consequences of the system. Does that make sense? So the world is sort of closing in on them, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It's closing in on them as a consequence of what happened in the past. So we're disconnecting from the past. Is just how to address it in the present. Disconnecting from the past and how to address it in the present. I feel like I need to think about that a little more, but you might be onto something over there. Mm. 
It is definitely a purposeful choice because it's not only very difficult to use lenses like that. It's a very weird choice because so it's set in a shitty neighborhood, and mm-hmm. the budget of this movie is what five million at the very yeah, very five top. Yeah. And for this one scene with the old serial killer, they use a they first of all they restore the entire neighborhood. All the houses are suddenly pretty. It's not Detroit anymore. It's like a utopian neighborhood essentially. And they use a white lens, so they can't even like focus on him and cut out all the shit and do it in post and just like make it really nice and colory. They have to show everything. Everything is on the screen, so it's very clearly very intentional. I think he might be. Yeah. Right about the reasons behind that. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. oh, uh, I wanted to talk about the story of the girl, the shots that they used. I think they used only the shots with her, the close-up of her movements. Every time she was closing the door, taking the chair, <coughs> picking up like something, they they was doing like very close of her motions. Mm. I don't know why, but I love that like little yeah. nuance to the film. That's to sell the horror, I think, just purely. Because her point of view, it's very tight. And you look at the hallway when she comes out. So she wakes up at one point in the middle of the night and her door is open and it just feels like a monster is going to run out. And they use that tight lens to kind of sell that. Yeah, because uh, the, the, the house is the same, but because of the lens, it kind of changes perspective. I actually think the house is not the same. You think it's a different house? I think the house oh. is physically longer because the house is simple enough to build. I think the hallway itself is probably five meters longer in the serial killer scenes. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Just because remember that one scene where he goes to the basement? It feels like mm-hmm. he's walking. Because when she's walking, she's like 10 steps, but he's walking forever, bro. Like he's just yeah. going there. It's like he's on a treadmill. Yeah. No, for real. And I agree. I barely recognize the house. Like oh. before they cut it to present time, I didn't know we were in the same house. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know it's what I mean? Very strange. No, I the the color was yellow. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was all yellow. Though, um, there was one thing that I wanted to talk about, which is actually the homeless man. That guy was kind of weird. What not like, not uh, in just the sense of like the character was weird, but in the sense of like the <laughs> way that they handled his character was weird. Because the first scene that he appears in, he is running at our female protagonist, screaming, come here, little girl. But then it turns out that he just wanted to help her. You know what I mean? Like, that that doesn't really make sense. Because the next time that he interacts with her, he's very, like, accommodating. He's very, like, you shouldn't be in there. You know, it's dangerous and blah, blah, blah. So, like, they, I feel like if, in terms of cheating, that's the moment that they, like, truly cheated i feel like if you listen to the filmmakers on a podcast like ours they're probably going to say they tried to do that scene from her perspective and try to make it more like scary and ominous so maybe he wasn't actually screaming like that but i do agree with you i think going back to what i was saying at the beginning it feels like two unconnected stories essentially i think that's one of the things that they try to use to connect them closely together oh okay i see which also why I didn't, because it just feels like a band-aid sort of, you have two A4 papers and you're sort of like taking them together like this and you're like, yeah, this guy was in that story as well, so it's kind of like a MCU movie, like yeah. fucking Loki's taking a dump on the background, bro. God like, damn. T- <laughs> no, okay, that was a bit rude, but... No comment. Uh, yeah. No comment. I don't stamp my name on this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is only Billy's opinion. Yeah, welcome back to Billy's Hour. Yeah, Billy, Billy's, <laughs> Billy's Billy really takes. said Barbarian is like the MCU. <laughs> Damn. Nah. If you were doing the YouTube thing, this is, should be, be the thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> Billy said Barbarian. Barbarian is MCU? 
question mark, question mark, question mark. Red circle. <laughs> what the fuck? And a random arrow pointing out like a yeah. chair. Who's <laughs> missing? Bro. All right. Let, yeah. Let's bring it back to barbarians. Yeah, let's bring it back on topic. Uh, the other thing is I know that it, it didn't take you out from the film, but the the light, I love that. Yeah. Honestly, how they lit every scene. Mm. But still, sometimes I saw that the light, the source of light was very different from the cats. So I was like, okay, yeah, that you, yeah. the continuation is broken. But fortunately, because the story was good and was giving me everything that I wanted from the mm -hmm. film, I was like, nah, I don't, I don't honestly care uh, yeah. about that. How do you mean different? For example, the uh, I think the scene in the basement, if I'm not mistaken, mm. she. At first, she was lit by, like, from from the behind, from yeah. behind, and in another shot, she was lit from the front. I was like, uh, no, no, but that's, uh, I mean, that's something we study at university. You live for the shot. You don't live. Yeah, for yeah, the yeah, yeah. Of course, and that that's what I'm saying. Even though, because sometimes this kind of thing like takes me out from experience, mm. like the sound in the cave or the sound in the car. Right. It takes you out a little bit from the story. But even though this thing happened, it was so good and fit for the shot. I was like, I don't care. I just noticed it because I watched too much movies. Yeah. And yeah, like my, my, my eyes are old, like already trained to see like this kind of stuff. But it, it still was uh, good. And also the interview scene. We didn't talk about that. I just wanted to mention the scene. Basically, if we... Um, so guys, uh, we just edited our own like two minutes films. Mm -hmm. And after that, I have so much respect for the music and sound and the interview scene. If you take out the music, it's just a normal scene. Like uh, it, it will not be a horror. It will be a typical TV show shot or like everyday comedy. But because the music was so intense and gave you the suspense because something is going to happen, Mm -hmm. When when she will come back and something happens, the homeless guy is running at her. Yeah, you're like intention through the whole scene of the interview. Mm -hmm. That that's what I liked, and like the sound design <coughs> is no very I agree. good. I think on a technical level, it was, it's similar because we gave uh, we gave the same compliment to Don't Worry Darling last week, but on a on a technical level, this film is phenomenal. Yeah. Like I guess the camera work done right. Lighting, we we talked about how there are some disconnects, but you know it's fine. Yeah, it's sound design, I will agree. That kind of did take me out, but um, most of it is fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Especially for the money, I was looking at it, and it's not far beyond. It's not like even don't worry, darling. They had a couple of shots, and you're just like, I wonder how they did that. Like, I yeah. wonder how they actually did that. But over here, it's quite like nice to watch a film like this and think if we had that money we could probably do that not yeah. that we yeah. necessarily have the story or the talent but like there's not a shot in this film that i could not figure out yeah technical Same. Level, yeah absolutely so it's very interesting if uh anyone is interested in filmmaking just a little bit interested in this is a master class the, no this is not a master class but i think the perspective all right so barbarian is a really good film to look at for that reason and for yeah. the perspective that it does different lenses wider lenses tighter lenses yeah. how it just totally changes the feeling the mood of the entire I thing i think i think oh like let me qualify what i said like it's a master class in storytelling through cinematography i agree with that 100 yeah. percent. i uh, not necessarily storytelling through storytelling yeah. <laughs> 
sorry, sorry, Alex. I keep interrupting. Uh, yeah, I just uh, have a question for you guys. What do you think? Um, how how monster was made? Was it CGI or prosthetics? It's a person with prosthetics. It's, yes, prosthetics. Yeah. We don't have the money for CGI. That's the only reason why. I mean, there's two shots where it is CGI. The one where it jumps down from the pole and the one where it flies through the window. The one that it rips the people as well. Well, actually, no. No. Actually, no, no, no. No, the, the, no, the yeah. monster is real. They, of course, the ripping of a person is um, CGI. I think they ripped a person. I yeah. think they actually killed two people. I mean, it's fucking Detroit, bro. So. Yeah. <laughs> Shot in Detroit. Shout out to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> New Hollywood. Bro. Second second time you did that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of bad because we were just talking about how like people are just unnecessarily shitting about Detroit, and it's a big thing that this film is like arguing against. And now we're here doing the same thing. Twenty minutes yeah. later, we suck. You we do, do suck. this, yeah. not us. You laugh, yeah. bro. You're complicit. You're still laughing. My, Mike didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear it, dude. <laughs> Anyway, no, uh, joking, monster, very interesting monster. Have you guys seen uh, Bone Tomahawk? No, I haven't. No. You got to watch that. Similar monster. I'm not going to spoil. Have you guys seen, uh, for everyone listening to the podcast as well, if you've seen Barbarian and you want to see something very similar, have you seen, what is it? So it's a British film. It was made for five million as well. And it's mm. about five women and they go cave diving. Like they find caves and go into is it. Is it The Descent? The, the uh, Descent, yeah. yes. Yo, I keep hearing great things about it. That film is amazing. So essentially they descend like uh, 500 meters into like the earth or whatnot and they get stuck. And there's yeah. a people of cannibals, like they've evolved over a couple of generations. They feed on dead animals that fall into the rabbi. They're blind. They move on four legs. It's crazy. The monster, I feel like, is very much inspired by that. At the very yeah. least, I dare to sort of speculate that the people who made this film watched The Descent and said, all right, that's something that we can do. Let's try to do something similar. Mm -hmm. Watch that film. Very, right. very good. Yeah, no, I will. I will. How do you rate the monster? One out of 10. Hmm. I think the monster... I think, actually, I think the monster might be one of the best things about this film. Like, no. the film is so good... <laughs> Right, wait, 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 wait. The film is so good that like you kind of like don't really think about um, the monster as like an isolated being. You put it in the context of the story. But when you isolate the monster, it is actually kind of like a very different approach to a monster like that. It's not just like a fucking slasher villain that just wants to kill to kill. No, this monster has like maternal instinct because of its situation you know what i mean like it's constantly re-watching this this tape of a mother like breastfeeding its baby so it's not actually trying to kill the people that get stuck in the in the basement it's trying to treat it as its baby you know what i mean like nurture them the best that she sort of can yeah. i also like how the final twist is the monster is not really the monster it's the dude who's the monster the actor yeah. guy with this, I agree. If you're saying from this perspective, mm -hmm. I agree with you that thematically and philosophically, basically, this is this is a great monster, yeah. of course. But mm, I, I I loved I liked <laughs> the movie more before the monster appeared on the screen. Basically. I agree. Yeah, me too. When uh, I thought Bill Skarsgård, I thought I was getting that representation, bro. And yeah. we're just always no, we sorry, get bro. killed at the midpoint. And you were recommending films that is kind of similar to this one, and Don't Breathe. Don't, Don't Breathe, breathe is very great. interesting. Yeah, also it's kind kind of kind of similar. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. It, it's not. I feel like this one, Don't Breathe, is like objectively just horror, whereas this is kind of psychological no, no, no. horror. You don't the, story wise, I mean, story wise, guys trying to impregnate women to have a children and this mm. kind of thing. 
What? Does I see that, that connection. Happen? Does that like, happen? Yeah, in Don't in Breathe. Barbarian? Not no, really. In, in Don't Breathe. But it's like if Don't Breathe would continue, <laughs> if the main villain continued to do the same no, thing. He's a Vietnam Don't veteran in Don't Breathe. Yeah, but he, he steals girls, lock them in a the basement, impregnate them. No, no that he doesn't, doesn't happen. steal girls. Uh, the, no. the girl that he kidnaps killed uh, his uh, yeah. pregnant daughter or some shit. So, like, you owe me a granddaughter. We can resolve this outside of the podcast. Yeah, Anyone okay. who's Let, listening, we can talk the next. I'll just say I have very different memories from uh, Don't Breathe. But yeah, yeah, yeah. One okay. thing that was... Uh, sorry, do you want to go first? No, 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 no you go. Uh, one thing that Petro actually mentioned as we were walking out of the cinema was that this reminded him of Parasite, which I 100% agree on. Do you yeah. want to elaborate on that? No, this is that? like Parasite, but horror. You have the people coming from underneath the house to, you know, grab food and shit and just live down there. But here you have a monster living underneath. And um, obviously the themes aren't very similar in terms of, you know, society being built on sexual assault. But there is a sort of thematic similarity when it comes to oppression. You know, Parasite is all about oppression of the working class, while this is all about the oppression of women. And the fact that they both chose to portray it inside of a house in a very similar setting as in coming from beneath the house. Like, like it's a, you know, like it's a monster that we kind of hide and we push away does uh did kind of like bring in that um that's that right. comparison to my head i think uh just the final thing the final question that we should answer on this podcast is there's a lot of a lot of films a lot of horror films especially where something weird is coming out of the basement there's parasite there's this there's get out obviously which is probably the number one that comes to mind for me alex why do you think that is obviously because uh Everything is good from the outside perspective and people hide their shit behind the masks or in literal basements. Mm. And this is uh, just portrayal of today's society and in general and people personally. For example, you hide something in your mental basement mm -hmm. and you, you hide it from the world. But sometimes someone will find it. Do you, do you read anything into Barbarian actually having two basements? He has a basement and then he has a basement inside the basement. That's like the cave. Do you think there's like a logic for those levels or is it just... Honestly, I wasn't thinking about that. And I don't think... Maybe I have to think about that because, yeah. I think it is because you go down one level and it's quite a long time that we only go down one level yeah. and you think this is it. Whereas in Parasite, you go straight to the bottom and there's nothing more. Over here, you find the dungeon of the serial killer, and you're like, something has clearly happened over here. And after that, it's like 20 minutes, and they find the second basement. I think you're onto something, because, yeah, you, basically, when you find out the room with the bucket <laughs> and yeah. the bat, you think, yeah, that's it. This is yeah. the this is the mystery. This yes. is the final mystery. And after that, you find something more, something more fucked up something more and also just strange like strange and cruel deeper and darker and because it's very weird like what you're essentially telling your audience at that point is that our girl is being imprisoned by a literal serial killer who likely kills his victims and like films that and probably sells it on the online you can't really go much worse than that but yet they do and i feel like the long long staircase when they descend into the is really exemplifies the themes as well that like you think that's it, but you got to go really 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 deep and then there's something yeah, more to get to there. the root and of the issue yeah i think this theme that you just said portrays how each of the main characters goes down the stairs. Because remember, the girl goes yes, down the stairs very good. Very, being yeah. afraid of that with the flashlight. She, she cannot go there. She screams. She, try, she goes there to help someone. 
when the our second guy he goes there to measure to measure his property because he thinks this is his property and he can sell yeah. his house for more money he don't don't fear anything because he don't he he's he's so fucked up he's mm -hmm. not getting into him so how deep he goes i was gonna say yes sir to interrupt but like i was gonna say even bill skarsgård's character went down there only to prove her wrong. He went, oh, no, there isn't anything. Oh, not and necessarily. I'll go I feel like Bill Skarsgård, he was just a naive person. I feel like he just sincerely believed that he was safe and he was like doing his job as a good guy, essentially. Mm. But I would take that even further and say the homeless dude knows about the basement and he doesn't go there because he knows how ugly it is. Yeah. Like he could call the cops on the, the, the serial killer's basement, but he knows that what lies underneath that is so much more uglier that he doesn't do any good to call the cops on it. This problem is far beyond that. Damn. Yeah. I think, uh, Pedro, do you want to wrap us up? Or I think before we wrap up, there's just one little scene we need to talk about. And that is the breastfeeding scene. Oh, God. Yeah, so just for anyone listening, there is a breastfeeding scene, but we're yeah. actually not going to bring that shit into the pocket. Uh, Especially the hair the on the bottle. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh, no. So disgusting. this film is, despite all the like beauty and whatever structural magnificity... Magnificence. Yeah, it's kind of fucking gross as well. Yeah. Like there are, really it, the film gross. does indulge in some quite visually disgusting scenes. Yeah, I mean it's not already for nothing. I'm but still, watch it, stream yeah. it. Highly recommend. Yeah, highly, highly recommend, recommend watching it. Yeah, yeah. it is a solid seven point eight five. It's a solid eight in my Honestly, opinion. after talking with you guys right now and like trying to unveil all the themes that gone through this movie, I think yeah, I, I will give it like an eight. All right. Yeah. Should we wrap up? All right. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for tuning in to our second episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one. And next week we will watch something else. So please tune back in. And yeah, thank you very much, guys. Love you. See you next time. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.